0: Thanks for checking out this message from coastal community church we hope it's helpful and encouraging Woo! good morning everybody good morning welcome welcome to coastal community church great to have you with us today welcome to all those of you who are here uh in person thank you for uh just venturing out and being a part of the worship experience here. And then for the many of you that are watching us online, as always, thank you so much uh, for tuning in, uh, watching us on that mobile device, your television, YouTube, Facebook, whatever it might be. Thank you for tuning in uh, and engaging. Uh, The Sunday before Thanksgiving, you excited about Thanksgiving? I know it might look a little different. Woo, we can clap for Thanksgiving. All right, might look a little different for some of you. Hey, I was just thinking about this. Raise your hand if you're a turkey Thanksgiving person, like you like turkey, okay? What about ham. Anybody ham? Got some ham people in here? Okay, got some turkey. Uh, Anybody like outside of the box and like lasagna or standing rib roast or okay, okay. Well, uh, I'm excited. I love Thanksgiving. I really do believe that um, gratitude, Thanksgiving is one of the most powerful transformational forces uh in uh in the world and uh, i just love that at least during uh you know this coming week there's a you know a large portion of people that are thinking about all the things that they have to be grateful for let me ask you a question though let's let's begin uh uh, let's just jump right into today's message Uh, we are in week 10 uh this is it we are wrapping up this series that we've been in called hope in the dark as we make our way through the letter of first peter and uh, i want to begin by asking you this question How many of you want to make a difference in the world? You want to make an impact with your life? Raise your hand, you know. Uh, you're in church, so the answer is probably yes, right? Um, or, or leave a comment online. You'd like to, I mean, I actually really believe that most people, in fact, I believe we were created uh, with that desire to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, to make an impact, that God uh, gave us that. Um, and I, I believe that most people really do want to do something significant, something important with their lives. Uh, Jesus, at the end of his life, uh, in a prayer the night before he went to the cross, uh, was able to say this about his life. Listen to this I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. You know, even when he was on the cross with his last dying breath, Jesus uh, was able to say these words, it is finished, it is complete. You know, wouldn't you like to be able to to say that at the end of your life? That I have accomplished, you know, I I have accomplished the work that God gave me to do. That I made a difference, that I, I brought glory to God, that I can look back over my life with a sense of satisfaction. So how do we do that? I mean, how do you live the kind of life that God wants us to live to make that difference and to make that impact, especially when we have been in this season of difficulty, to say the least, you know, suffering and hardship, all the things we've been talking about during the series. How do we do that in that season? Well, Peter, at the very end of this letter, he kind of summarizes a lot of what he learned about how to live that kind of impactful life from Jesus. Now, think about this just for a moment. Peter had walked and talked and laughed and cried and ate and lived with Jesus for like three years. So all the words that we've been reading and the devotions that you've been uh, uh, listening to and, and reading over the last several months as we make our way through 1 Peter, all of these really come to us from the example of Jesus, Peter's just kind of passing it along to us. And so now in the final chapter, chapter five, Peter is addressing the leaders of the church, the shepherds. And he shares some of what he learned from the great shepherd, Jesus, about being a leader and, and making an impact with your life in this world. And that's what I want us to look at today. That's what I want us to talk about. Three ways that you can make an impact with your life. So if you, want to, uh, if you want to make an impact, do these three things. If you're taking notes. Number one, start serving. Start serving. Jesus said this in Matthew 23, 11, The greatest among you must be a servant. Pretty simple, right? Straightforward, clear, to the point. Jesus said, if I am going to be great, if I'm going to make an impact in this world and in people's lives and make a difference, then I've got to be a servant. And by the way, that fits into every situation of your life. Moms and dads, you want to leave a legacy to your children, you want to make an impact, be a servant. Bosses, managers, you want to be the the greatest boss you can be? Lead by example and be a servant. Young adults that are looking to, uh, you know, for the next adventure in your life and you want to make a difference and leave an impact, then Jesus said, be a servant. Husbands and wives, you have any idea how much marital counseling costs today, marriage counseling? Approximately. $150 $150 an hour, give or take 50 bucks depending on who you see. So, let me give you some good counsel. Some great advice. And you ready for this? Free of charge. Okay, here it is. You're having marriage problems? Your marriage is not all it could be? You ready for this? Here it is. Be a servant both of you together, stop being selfish and put each other's needs ahead of your own and literally think to yourself, how can I make this person's life easier? It is a privilege to give myself in service to this person and my family. Totally revolutionize your marriage. And when both husband and wife are doing that for each other, let me tell you something, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. You see, that is where significance is really found in life. If you want to be a great Christian, if you want to be a great follower of Jesus, then be a servant. Be a great servant. If you want to make a significant impact in this world, Jesus said, the secret is service. And so in this first part of 1 Peter 5, Peter is addressing some of the leaders of the church in that day. And he gives some advice about about serving, about making an impact, some advice that he learned for, from Jesus. Now, whether you're a leader in the church or not, it is great advice for anybody who is wanting to be, make an influence, make an impact in the lives of other people, to influence other people. And that's what leadership is. It's influence. So here's a summary of what he had to say. First of all, he said, choose desire over duty. Choose desire over duty. Peter, writing to the leaders, verse two, listen to what he said. Care for the flock that God has entrusted to you. Watch over it, how? Willingly, not grudgingly. The, the NIV translates that phrase, not because you must, but because you are willing. Listen, over the long haul, if you really wanna have a, make a significant impact on people, eventually, You've got to change all those have-tos in your life to want-tos. Four words that'll never change the world. If I have to. I'll do it if I have to. It takes passion to change the world. It takes desire. If I have to can be a very dangerous way of thinking if left to itself. Now, I realize that there's a lot of you probably today feeling very, very trapped by have-tos in your life right now. Most of your life is is duty. You know, I have to do this, I have to do that. Maybe you're a single parent and everything in your life seems to be duty and responsibility. Or maybe the pressures of of keeping your marriage alive or keeping your business afloat. And and, You know, everything, it, it seems to be just turned into a responsibility. And it's just wearing you down. Now, many times, When we get into that situation in life, when we're in in that kind of mindset, the only way out to us seems to be a change of circumstances, to change our circumstances. Well, today I want to give you a different option. Instead of changing your circumstances, let's talk about the possibility of changing your heart. Of God changing your heart, of you cooperating with God and allowing Him to change your heart. How do you change have to's into want to's? How do you change those duties in your life into desire, into passion? Well, you can begin to want to love your wife again. You can begin to want to love your husband again. You can begin to want to desire to serve God again. It can happen. So, how? How does it happen? Well, if you're struggling with this, then my challenge to you today is to pray a very simple and yet very powerful prayer. God, I am willing to be made willing. Change my heart. You see, that that puts you in the position of partnership with God. All of a sudden, you're not in it alone. You're asking for for God's help to change your heart. Listen, you can't change your heart by yourself. You can't do it. Whatever it is you're struggling with, you look to God and you say, God, I am willing to be made willing. Change my heart. Choose desire over duty, passion. Do you see the difference? Now, let let me be quick to say, If you've been here at Coastal for any length of time, if you've heard me speak, you know I am a huge, huge advocate of doing the right thing even when you don't feel it. I mean, I'm a big advocate of duty. I am, and I actually believe Scripture teaches it. I believe that God clearly is as well. And I've said this a hundred times, and I believe it to be true. It is a lot easier to act your way into a feeling than it is to feel your way into an action. In other words, if you're just sitting back and you're just waiting on those feelings just to miraculously miraculously come and to change on their own, let me let you in on a secret. It's not gonna happen. But the solution is not to change your circumstances. It's to change your heart. And the starting point, listen to me, you gotta hear this. The starting point is yes, yes, to do the right thing anyway. It's duty. But what I want you to hear loud and clear today is this, but don't stop there. If you stop there, you have just missed the point and you will eventually burn yourself out and you'll, you'll burn everybody else around you and you'll resent me and you'll resent God and you'll, you'll be miserable. So you don't stop with duty. Now many times, You've got to start there. But then you renew your mind with the truth of God's word. And you tell God, listen, God, you pour your heart out to him. And you say, God, I'm willing to be made willing. Change my heart. Now, a lot of times, again, in life, you, we do have to resort to doing things out of a sense of duty. There are times when you don't feel like loving your wife. There are times when you don't feel like loving your husband. And I know you're sitting there and you're thinking, well, Pastor Chris, you're telling me then to be a hypocrite, to do something that I don't feel like doing. No, I'm telling you to be faithful. That's what love is. There are times when you don't feel like loving your neighbor as yourself. There are times when you don't feel like going to church. There are times when you don't feel like tithing, when you don't feel like serving and loving and sharing, but you do the right thing simply because it is the right thing to do. But over the long haul, okay, and that's what we're going at here. Over the long haul, what is going to give you the most energy? What will make the most impact? Let me ask you a question. Do you want your children to love you because they have to or because they want to? Because they want to or because you make them? Because they want to, of course. Now, there are times when they might not want to, but it's the right thing, and you expect them to do it anyway. And God's the same way. You know, do you want your spouse to love you because they have to or because they desire to? Because they desire to, of course. But there are times when you got to do the right thing anyway. But here's the rub. Here's Here's where the rubber meets the road. We think that when we go through times of duty in our lives and everything seems like a have to instead of a want to, we think the problem must be with everyone else. And then the answer is to change our circumstances. Get a new job. Get a new husband. Get a new wife. Move to a new location. When the answer is to change our hearts. Sure, it begins with duty. But then allow God to renew your mind and your heart through prayer and through God's word. And you ask God to change your heart. Because over the long haul, listen to me. That's what God wants anyway. Anyway. He wants you. He wants your heart. Choose desire over duty. The second encouragement Peter gives us is choose giving over getting. Giving over getting. 1 Peter 5, 2 continues. Not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Wow. What a concept this time of year, right? What can I give? And Peter's reminding us here, listen, you don't make a lasting impact by what you make. You make a lasting impact by what you give. And the crazy thing is, we tend to equate having money with having influence. But Psalm 112 9 says this, they share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor listen influence honor impact it comes through giving don't forget the powerful impact and influence that giving has now let me, let me ask so pastor Chris are you saying that money's the problem no it's not listen money is neutral it is just a tool to be leveraged for God and his kingdom it is greed that is the problem. This is not on your outline, but you know, sometimes people say, oh, money, money's the root of all evil. No, it's not. Money is not the root of all evil. The Bible says, listen to this though, that the love of money is the root of all evil. Oh, my goodness. And by the way, you don't have to be wealthy to be greedy, it's just the unquenchable desire to get more that's the problem, to, uh, you know, of never being satisfied, never being content with what you have, and most importantly, not recognizing where it comes from in the first place. Money can be deceiving because it looks like you're making an impact when all you're really doing is building your own little kingdom. Peter is saying, listen, don't you ever confuse influence with income. They're entirely different things. And so Peter says, listen, instead of focusing on that, be eager to serve. Be chomping at the bit to use all of your resources. Yes, your money, but also your time and your talents and your passion. Be chomping at the the bit just to do whatever you can to use all of it to make a difference in people's lives. Again, though, here's the rub. Getting sometimes seems like the answer. Well, you know, if I only had more, then I would do such and such. If I only had more, then I would give. Then I would, if I had more time, then I would serve. If I had more resources, then I would tithe. No, you won't. If you're not doing it now in this season in these circumstances, you're not gonna do it then. You know, and, and so we complain about our circumstances, we compare ourselves to other people, and all the while, what are we doing? We're focusing on ourselves, and we have forgotten God and other people, and we are not making a, a lasting impact in this world whatsoever. Listen, you become, you move toward whatever it is you focus on. And if all you do is complain and compare and scramble and try to protect your own, you will become a miserable, negative, complaining taker that nobody wants to be around, always busy, you know, focusing on yourselves and never making an impact for God. And all God becomes is just a means to an end to get what you want. If, on the other hand, you focus on giving and rejoicing with others and giving thanks to God in all things, our great and generous God will meet all of your needs and he will keep blessing you because he knows he can trust you to be a blessing to others. Choose giving over getting. A third encouragement Peter gives us about serving is to choose to be an example over being in control. <laughs> in this world of image, protecting our image, 1 Peter 5.3, don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good what? Example. Choose being an example over being in control, trying to control others, trying to control your image. Listen, you don't make a lasting impact just by telling people what to do. You make a lasting impact by leading by example, by showing people you know, how to do it. Would you agree that the world certainly doesn't need more people just to tell us what we should do? It needs more people who will show us how to do it. The measure of your influence, the measure of my influence is not how many people are underneath you in some organizational flow chart. The measure of your influence is how many people are walking in your footsteps following your example. The power to make a difference is not in your words ordering people around. It's in your example. Let's suppose you uh, had a meeting at your company and uh, listen, everybody knows, man, Times are tough, and it's been really, really tight. And so the boss makes this uh, impassioned speech about the need to cut back, and you know how everybody's going to have to sacrifice. And man, it's a you know it's a tremendous speech. People are getting really, really emotional, and the whole company just feels it there in the moment. Man, we're going to pull together. And at the end of the speech, the boss says something like this. Listen, I am so committed to uh, helping you during this crisis that I'm going to give you my own personal phone number. And you can call me anytime you have a a struggle, day or night. You just can't call me over the next 20 days because I'm going to be on vacation in Bermuda. Okay? So what, what would you remember from the speech? His words or his example? I mean, you can say, do as I say, not as I do, as many times as you want. But guess what they're going to do? What you do. It's your example that has power. In fact, the word example there that's used here, it's actually a word in the Greek that originally comes from this idea of a die that has been cast or a stamp, and it's something that you would use to make an impression on something to match the original. So again, the question is, do you want to leave a mark in this world? Do you want to leave a mark, leave a legacy with your children? The example, your example is what does that. Again, you want to be a great mom or a great dad? Again, you can say, do as I say all you want, but they're going to do as you do. You want to be a great boss? You want to be a great follower of Jesus? Then be a great example. So if you want to make an impact in this world, start serving. Let me say this too. You know what, man? There are so many ways to serve here at this church. The the heartbeat, the DNA of Coastal is that we are, we really believe that we are to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community, loving and serving and sharing, regardless of what happens in this world, regardless of the the climate of what things are, what's going on, it's our job to be the church, to lead by example, to be a servant. If you're looking for places to serve, to make an impact, you've come to the right place. So start serving. Number two, stay humble. Stay humble. Look at verses 5 and 6. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you, dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another. For God opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. So, humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, He will lift you up in honor. Humility says, God, I am depending on you, I need you in my life. Pride says, I am a self-made man. Everything I have, I have because of me and mine, you know, my hard work. Let me tell you something. The problem with a self-made man is you always end up worshiping your maker, you. Humility says, I recognize that everything I have comes from you, God. if it wasn't for you, I would have nothing. I would be nothing. And if you wanted to, you could take it all away from me in an instant. Humility. Matthew 23, 12, Jesus said, but those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. But listen, when it comes to, Depending on God and, you know, being that humble example in, every, in a kind of an everyday way, we, we struggle with that. We do. I mean, usually we're only humble when we're desperate. You know, we tried everything else, and then we cry out to God, God, I'm desperate, I'm on my knees before you, help me. And listen, the good news is this, and maybe some of you are there, you're desperate. God hears those desperate prayers, he does. But what I, what I want you to hear loud and clear, though, is that humility really is meant to be a daily decision it's a daily choice I mean in fact notice Peter says here dress yourselves in humility the NIV says clothe yourselves in humility in other words just like you got up this morning and you made a choice to put on those clothes that you're wearing right now and that's shocking to some of us you know that you chose that but you know you did right well, just like you chose to put on those clothes you are wearing, he is saying that you and I have a choice to make to put on humility. We have to choose every day to recognize that God is God and we are not. We have to choose every day to recognize that everything we have comes from God, that we would have nothing or be nothing without him. We have to choose every day to think of others and not just yourself, to put your husband or your wife, their needs, ahead of your needs. And it's in that everyday humility, in that choice, that you make an impact that you live a life of significance. Because if we're honest, if we we don't make that decision, if we don't make that choice every day, left, left to ourselves, guess what our natural inclination is? It's pride. To clothe ourselves with pride and selfish ambition and to put ourselves first. See, a lot of times I think we confuse what humility is. We think, you know, humility is weakness. You know, humility is, you know, listen, humility is not thinking less of yourself, okay? It's not low self-esteem, it's not being a doormat. It's not thinking less of yourself, it's just thinking of yourself less. It's being others-centered. It's what the Apostle Paul was driving at in Philippians 2 where he said, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility Value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. That's where significance is found in humbly focusing on others. So if you want to make a, an impact in this world, start serving, stay humble. And the number three says something very interesting stop worrying. Stop worrying. You know, worry worry is kind of like this huge weight, you know, that you carry around. I mean, you're, you know, you're lifting or you're carrying these worries. And then over time, you kind of feel like, okay, you know, I feel like I'm getting a little stronger. So then what do you do? You add some more worries, right? You add some more anxiety. And then you're just carrying all these things around. Listen, they're crushing you. They're destroying you. God never meant for you to carry the weight of your worry in this life. It will eventually destroy you. It will destroy you physically, emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. And it will prevent you from making an impact in this world. Because worriers are not difference makers. Worriers don't make a, leave an impact. Peter invites us to do something different. 1 Peter 5, 7 cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. He says to cast it on him. Now the problem with us and where we live, casting typically makes us think of fishing, right? And that's typically kind of how we handle our worries. You know, we, we cast it like a fishing line, right? We, uh, we tie a line to the worry and we cast the worry out there, but then what do we do? We reel it back in, don't we? You're, you know, it's, it's kind of like we're, we're those an annoying fishermen. You ever been fishing with somebody who's really, really annoying and they have to check their bait like every minute or so? Right, you know, uh, is it, you know, if it's a worm, oh, is it still wiggling? Is it still alive? Is it still there? You know, they're just constantly checking their, their line. So that's what we do. We cast it, you know, back out, but then we reel it back in all the time. And Peter says, no, 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 no. Instead of doing that, instead of taking that weight on yourself, cast your cares on him, on God. And the word cast there actually means to throw it on somebody else. Not just to throw it out, but then to give it to God. To let him carry the weight of your worry. It's one of his jobs and he's great at it. Why? Why does Peter say to do that? What does he say? Because he cares for you. I think the single most important thing that you can discover to get rid of your worry is that God is a God who cares for you. Listen, God knows what you're going through. He knows the season that you've been in. He knows the hurt that you feel. Maybe nobody else truly understands, but let me tell you, God understands. And once you discover that, you open the door to begin to get rid of those worries. Philippians 4, 6. Here's the path. Don't worry about anything. I mean, that sounds pretty, pretty straightforward, right? Okay, don't worry about anything. But what does he say? He actually gives us the path here. He says, instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Man, that's what prayer is. Prayer is the ability to talk to God anytime, anywhere, about anything that's on your heart, to tell God what's concerning you. Tell God what you're worried about. Tell God what you need. Worry is letting that problem work on you. Prayer is letting God work on the problem with you. And I know what some of you are thinking. You're sitting there and you're going, yeah, but Pastor Chris, I just don't have time to pray. Yes, you do. If you took the time that you have to worry, use that to pray, you'd have plenty of time. Pray. Pray. Yeah, but Pastor Chris, you know, I've tried prayer, but I'm still thinking about all my worries. Well, what does the Bible say? Pray about everything, tell God what you need, and what? Thank him for all he's done. What's he talking about? He's talking about gratitude, thanksgiving. That's the season we're in, right? In other words, he's he's being really practical here. Instead of you know, don't just stop thinking about, you know, your worries. He says, find something positive in place of your worries to focus on. What are the blessings in your life? What are you thankful for? Somebody in our men's group talked about how they're struggling with anxiety and they decided to keep a a gratitude journal. See, focus on those things. That's why gratitude really is one of the most powerful transformational forces on this earth. Because it gets the focus off of our worries and onto the God who has blessed you beyond measure. Do you want to make a difference? Do you want to make an impact with your life? Start serving, stay humble and stop worrying. Listen, regardless of what this season has been like for you, our God does love you. And he does have a plan for your life, even in this season. And part of that plan is to simply have a relationship with you. Listen, that's that's what Christianity is. It's not religion. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. It's a personal relationship with God. That's why he sent Jesus so that you could, so that your sin could be forgiven and wiped clean so that you could come before God and pour your heart out to him. That's why Jesus went to the cross for you. That's why he died. But he rose again to prove his power over sin and death. And he wants you to come home you know, that's one of the, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, the holidays is all about, right? Going home, coming home. And I know maybe this year there's a lot of changes to, um, you know, that happening. But the saddest thing of all would be that God has prepared this life for you and this relationship for you, and you never responding and coming home to him. It is what you're searching for. It is the thing that you need. Come home to him today. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I do thank you for your word. And I thank you for these reminders from Peter about how we really can live life to make an impact, to make a difference. And I thank you for a church that really does want to be the church that you've called us to be, to to rise above whatever the season of life might bring and to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to make an impact, to make a difference where we live, work, parent, and play. So I thank you for that, God. May we continue to do that. May we continue to be faithful. And if you're here today and you want to make an impact, you want to make a difference, you wanna come home to God and have that personal relationship with him. Just pour your heart out to him right here and right now in a prayer. Just pray something like this. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I admit it. Much of my life I have done on my own terms, my own way. I've gone my own path. But Father, today I want to go your path, your way. I admit it. I've I've messed up. Call it what you will, a sinner. But I know today I'm in need of a Savior. And I know that one has been provided. And so today... I take a step of faith toward you. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe as much as I know how, as much as I understand right now, I put my faith and trust in Jesus and in him alone. God, I ask you to forgive me. I, I want to follow Jesus now for the rest of my life. Thank you. It's in the name of Jesus I pray, amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.